Most of you by now know that I work at VIP Mortgage. A lot of you may not know why or how I got there. For us as LOs, we have a lot of options. And for me, VIP Mortgage was the perfect fit, the best place in my opinion to work. So if you have any questions about VIP Mortgage as an LO, or if you are a consumer and you're looking for a mortgage, you can reach out to me on social media, or you can reach out to anybody else that you may know at VIP Mortgage. And our website is VIPMTGINC.com. Welcome everybody to this episode of Real Talk with Ryan Madrid. Um, I'd like to thank VIP Mortgage for this awesome space here. And my, sorry, I'm swiveling. And uh, thank you to Trey, my nephew over here for doing the podcast engineering and Trisha Madrid, his mother and my sister for doing the podcast production along with amongst a a ton of other things that he does for us over at VIP Mortgage. Um, So this is, we've been having a long conversation off air. (laughs) Well, it might be on air because Trey might've snuck that in a little bit, but we've gone into some, some real serious topics that maybe we'll get into a little bit today. Um, So this podcast is not just real estate related. It's about people doing cool things in, in the community and people having um, and willing to tell their 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 real life struggles and, and their wins and their losses. And so this next guest is uh, a real special one because she is willing to do some of that stuff. And she's a very successful person in the real estate business. Um, she is with Chicago Titles, which who we happen to use. Um, amongst others, but mostly only. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> All right. So, Crystal Malzat, right? She has. I said that right. Yeah, it's okay. like mullet with a Z. Yeah, that's what I thought. As it came out, right? I was like, came out. I was like, what? Did you I got it right that? the first Crystal time. Malzette. Most people don't. Um, so she is with Chicago Title, and she has a unique situation where she's the only person that I know, um, that has her own team. In like the level that you are, so what? What was so? What's your? Is it an account? Re, account? Yeah, executive? business development manager. Okay, uh, b- development. Right. Sorry, so she's created her own team called the Inspire Team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know of anybody else in in the community that does that. Um, do you? No. Okay. So, uh, to my knowledge, okay. again, if they're out there, <laughs> I give them credit. I yeah. asked around go. actually. Yeah. I'm just curious, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nobody. Nobody had ever heard of any such thing. So you are definitely a trailblazer. So before we get into your past and everything, I would I, w- I just want to point this out. So in the real being a, like a realtor or a mortgage guy or you know a title person, right? There's a lot of really cool people that in hold that are in those positions that all work for different companies. So it's super hard sometimes to find out like you know to find who you're going to work with who you're going to partner with and it's the same thing with us like i've got a lot of friends that are they're, they're in the mortgage business that don't work for us that are, they're great great guys and girls <clears throat> and so i have the same struggle sometimes with like the realtors that that you know might use us and they might use them and i'm like ah you know it's ca-. and then when we have to go pick a title partner it's like i mean i've got lots of friends that that do this as well so Sometimes it's like, how do we juggle it all, right? So it's kind of like the you go back to who's providing the most value, right? And so, but you know, you also s- still sprinkle in other things sometimes to help your friends. So I'm just throwing it out there because we did have Ryan Banovac on here before too. He's a good dude. <laughs> and Braden really Dennis, by the way, is a future guest too. Is also a good buddy of mine. Well, what's um, funny is that after Banovac was on, Crystal, you DM'd 
me oh, you yeah. Did. and yeah. said, well, how have I not been on this show or something <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um, I was ki- I was kidding, but then I like right. laid yeah. myself open for it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Well, and I think I told you this, but you were on our like yeah. way back target list yeah. um, back in like October. Yeah. When we were discussing so, this. So I mean obviously Brian as well and I mean there's just a lot of people and so just want to throw that out there. Love everybody, but sometimes you got to use who you got to use. So um, so let's dive a little bit into your past before we get into where we're at now in the present. So you're from Illinois. Yeah. Okay. So where, what part of Illinois are you from? I'm from Orland Park, Illinois. So that's about 20 miles outside the city. I think we all say we're from Chicago. Um, and I did go to yeah. college in the city. Right. Um, and I lived in the city when I moved to Arizona. Um, but I think most people are from. So where's that? In, so southwest side southwest of the city. Southwest side. Um, so by birthright, I'm a, a Chicago Sox fan. Okay. Um, by nature and having more fun, I'm also a Cubs fan. So, right. but I'm not supposed to say those things to I know. like one or the other. It's such it's such a you know it's yeah. such a bad thing to be f- fans of, you know two two teams even though you're an one adult mm-hmm. and they're and they're they're. Mostly kids playing baseball. Now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I always say compared to us, yeah. Come on, guys. I am. I, mean, I am a sports fan, so, so I root for both Chicago baseball teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been here for 15 years now, so um, I am a Cardinals season ticket holder for the first time. Oh, um, wow. my, my son loves football, so I can. I'm like a hybrid Chicago Bears fan because that's really tough. Yeah, it's really tough. Oh yeah. Um, and a Cardinals fan. So I had some friends that went to Nashville this weekend, and they said it was one of the funnest games they've ever been to. I bet. And uh, it hurt that we did, that we did party, so well. Right? Didn't Braden down there for a bachelor party? Or different Oh, Braden was down there as well for a bachelor party, but mm-hmm. this was Justin Hodge, Muscular oh. Moving Men, former mm-hmm. guest, Michael Fletcher, okay. Alex Kinley, future guest. <laughs> Got uh, it. This is just a bunch of our, it's Ted Lyles. Um, so yeah, they said it was super fun, but very human. So tell us about your, pa- so tell us about your, your childhood. Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. I'm like, where do you start? I mean, like, I think that a lot of us get so self-involved that, you know, we think that our childhood was the worst thing ever Yeah. Um, until you hear other people's stories. And I've heard stories that are like, you know, walks in the park um, that, you know, I thought I wished I would have had growing up. Um, and I've heard stories that like make mine sound like a cakewalk, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so mom and dad were divorced by the time my little brother was born, um, two and a half, I was two and a half. Um, so I think that, you know, like that set things up. I was used to being an only child. I was not very nice to my brother. If he ever listens to this, I'm sorry. I wasn't excited about him. Um, but my parents were also going through a divorce. So I think I associated, you know, different with right. this new human. You were two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, um, now that I, I have a 17. <laughs> pretty young to lot like somebody. Already. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I really didn't like my brother. Yeah. And now we have a great relationship. I'm super, ex- super. Cool. We're exactly two and a half years apart. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a change. And my parents were actively divorcing while my brother was coming into the world. Um, my um, mom and dad both struggled with alcoholism. Um, my mom, um, as far as I remember, got sober when I was two years old. 
Um, so I grew up in a household where my mom was a bartender that was sober. Um, mm-hmm. So um, she would go out and, you know, she worked at like the um, Studio 54 of Chicago. It's called Faces on Rush Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like her claim to fame. She right. had like this high level bartending, um, but never drank. So like when high school came around and everybody wanted to like steal liquor from their parents, yeah. I was like, I felt different, you know, maybe for the first time, um, like why yeah. is my mom not drinking? I don't think I ever really conceptualized the why behind it. Um, and my dad um, was active in alcoholism and addiction um, until he died in a manageable way. He, my dad was definitely more manageable. Um, my mom, I came to find out, was never manageable. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but my dad, um, uh, he uh, came down with cancer when I was 15 and I think they gave him something like six months to live and he was dead six weeks later. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So that, that was like the first like real life. Was he <laughs> drinking though, even though he was in like AA, was he, was he off and on? So do you remember him drinking as a Oh, he kid? never got sober. Dad oh, never okay. got sober. He gotcha. was just like, I would, I, I would make him a Stolian water um, <laughs> while I drank his cold coffee. <laughs> like right. there was, there was no sobriety there. Right. Yeah. Um, my mom, however, um, part of why they split, I think they drank together a lot. So my yeah. mom got sober um, when I was between two and three there. And she was sober for 14 years growing up. I didn't see her take a drink until I was 17. Um, but I mean, the rest of it is the rest of it. You know, I have a 10 year old now that's about to start going into like middle school. And I see him like going through like my friends sat at the lunch table and they didn't invite me. You know what I right, mean? Like yeah. that kind of stuff that we right. all went through. And, you know, I'm having to give him the real life talks that are like, next week you're going to sit at the lunch table and right. you're not going to invite so-and-so. And, you know, right. this is life. And it it, it it ebbs and flows and this too shall pass. So when you were in high school, did you drink? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I can say honestly, and I share this often with, you know, um, today I'm sober, so I sponsor people and I speak at meetings mm-hmm. and things like that. And I share that off, often. I don't remember like the, when the first time I took a drink was, but I definitely remember when drinking changed for me. Um, and that was directly correlated to my father passing away where that became more of a solution because I don't like feelings. Like I'm really good at like doing things to not have the feelings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I spent a good long while avoiding feelings. Okay. In general. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So, so you started drinking heavy through high school is what you're saying? Oh yeah. Um, and all kinds of other things right you got in <laughs> you started partying yeah mm-hmm. so would you drink like at school or before school like were you drunk at school no not on the weekends no i mean i think i took my um what are the ged i think i took that or not the ged the, the, the SAT? sat thing uh, they call it something else ACT? Back day, that one um that thing i took drunk um okay. and i didn't do very well i did not do very well um it's but uh, i had really good grades um i had really good grades so it didn't really matter and i got yeah. into the school that i wanted to go to um so for a long time i graduated high school early i uh ended up graduating college early so 
to the outside appearances for a long time, my drinking was manageable. And I moved to the city of Chicago. And I I remember old town here back in the day. Um, But the city of Chicago is a different animal. Um, And the bars are open until five o'clock in the morning. And there's bars that open when those bars close. Um, And I really fell in love in college with the whole... um, if you yeah. will, like the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. lure of, you know, knowing the guy at the door and getting right. in and being, you know, at this place on Tuesdays and yep. this place on Thursdays. Um, but it's fun. That's why. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> it, it, it was fun. And, yeah. You know, um, I heard a speaker in AA once say like there was fun. There was fun with problems, mm-hmm. and then there was just problems. And that was true of the progression of my drinking career. Right. You know, like, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't have done it. Right. You know, um, the problem with me was not that I drank um, every day. It was once I started drinking, I don't know, like, if, right. it, if it's going to be a couple of hours of drinking right. wine or if I'm going to, like, end up in a different state in two days. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah. that, that was the kind of drinking. So I was definitely more of, like, a binge drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, but during those periods of time, like, if I had a job, wasn't going to the job. Um, you right. know what I mean? If I had a commitment with my family, wasn't showing up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, you know, the problem. Yeah. But you were kind of – but you were – so you, but you were, had to be functioning because you went to college and you graduated, you went to the University of Illinois. Yeah. In Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got an MBA as well. Yeah, was here. That, later, that was here, sober. sober mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so, so, okay, so in college, you were able to get through college and graduate early. Mm-hmm. And still be like, just partying constantly. Yeah, and okay. I had... Um, the same job all through college. I worked in retail. That's where I make, got mm-hmm. my feet wet in sales. I've yep. been in sales ever since. Um, and I had the same job for four years in college. And basically the relationship I was in ended um, my job, um, like my internship. I was doing an internship with that. That ended. Um, so I'm like out on my own and college ended. So that mm-hmm. was like a huge part of my identity. And I really didn't know like who I was anymore. I think like the fact that we expect children uh, and I call them children intentionally to like know what to do with life at 21 years old is kind of preposterous. Trey's right here. (laughs) I have this conversation with this kid all the time. Yeah. I'm like, I I don't trying to figure it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm like, I I think it was like 30 that I figured it out and I was sober. I got sober young, but really from that's 21 to 24 um, is when like, the jobs didn't last for more than two months. I always was able to get jobs. My yeah. credentials were good. I was presentable when I wanted to be. Um, but then again, I would, you know, make some money, feel a little bit better, go back yeah. to my old stomping grounds. And again, you know, go to Miami for the weekend and call my boss and right. say, Hey, <laughs> I'm not coming home because I want to stay here and party. And I right. really didn't care. Um, and that happened and happened and happened until like, there wasn't any money. left. Right. Um, there wasn't any more free places to stay, right. you know? Um, and like the gig was up, like people were on to me. Like my friends were like, you're getting sloppy. You're kind of a liability at this point. Like we don't want to go to the nightclubs with you. Right. <laughs> you, <know? Right. laughs> you guys, you know, the girl, yeah. like yeah. Oh, yeah. there, there's a girl. Oh, yeah. Um, she oh, should yeah. probably join me on the sober side of things, yeah. but like there's a girl, we all know them. I was, I, I am, I'm proud to say, um, that I was once 
one of those girls. I am no longer um, and haven't been in a long time. So were you in Phoenix or, or in Scottsdale already when you went when you became sober or were you still in, in Chicago? Um, I started my sobriety journey in Illinois, but when I talk about that, and again, um, I, I try to honor the anonymity of yeah. programs, but also give it respect where it's due. So when I, and I love seeing like the depiction of sobriety in like today's media, uh, mm -hmm. like, like the somber, like it's really depressing and all of that kind of thing, yeah. you know? Um, so when I started in Illinois in the small suburbs, so basically my, my family took my keys, to my car, my keys to the place that I lived at at the time. And, you know, said, you're going to these meetings with these people. Um, so it was not my choice the first time. Um, it was very much forced upon me, but I was also like broke, tired, looked beat up. People didn't really want to hang out with me anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so I jumped on that band bandwagon, but it was very much like Dunkin' Donuts and coffee and that kind of thing there. And, you know, the people that were a lot older than me that I couldn't relate with, I did run into like a couple of people I went to high school with there. Um, so like that was the beginning of it for me. Um, but I would be lying to say that I stayed sober. I definitely like dabbled because I was mm -hmm. 23 years old. Um, when I first started like thinking maybe the way that I drink and use mm -hmm. other substances is not normal. Um, not, not, I don't know if it's ever normal, but uh, <laughs> that's another, that's another discussion. Um, and, um, I got sober right before my 25th birthday. Um, so that tells you there was like two years of like, I really struggled with, like, what does that mean for me if I'm not, if I can't go out to the nightclub and, you know, wear the outfit and mm -hmm. hang with the people and right. they can see me and we can take the picture and it can be on the website. And right, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. what does that mean? Like, I really identified um, with that, um, you know, which seems so silly to me now. Um, but I couldn't imagine being a 24 year old, 25 year old and not having alcohol to bond with people yeah. over, you know? Um, and then, you know, I came out here on like an idea. That's what's nice about being 24. You can yeah. have an idea on a Friday and on Monday you live in Arizona. <laughs> right. Um, because there's like, I had, like I said, no job, no ties, no nothing. And I was like, you know what, maybe I need some more serotonin. I can get some sun. <laughs> it's really gloomy here in Illinois. It's cold. Like if I just live in a different place it will be different yep. um and i was loaded at what was that bar six six, yeah. oh, six? remember yep. six yep. um i was loaded there uh, 24 hours after i got here um but luckily i had been put in touch with some other sober people um before i left because i think i had like 30 days sober when i got here um that there was no 31 days of sobriety yeah. <laughs> at that time. And um, I was able to connect with people so that like when things got bad, because now I'm here by myself and I've got nobody, nobody to pick me up when I make bad decisions. Like nobody lives here, right? right. My grandparents have a house in Fountain Hills, um, but they, they're snowbirds. So they come here very intermittently. So it was like, mm -hmm. now you're just in this desert with a bunch of people that don't care about you and going out to all of these places, but I'm still the girl that's a liability, yeah. right? So people had very little interest in getting to know me long-term <laughs> um, yeah. when I presented in such a manner. Mm -hmm. So did part of the reason you pick Arizona is, or Phoenix specifically, because you wanted to kind of reinvent yourself and you were trying to run away from like the, the ghosts of, you know, the people who... Oh yeah, it was like 
the Clean ex's slate. fault, the family's fault, like the yeah. all of the things. It was everybody else's fault. And if I just lived in like a sunny new place, um, things would be different. And I remember driving down or up rather up the 101 um, and being like, oh, my gosh, you know, so excited to be in like a new environment, new place, new people. Look how beautiful there's mountains. We don't have mountains in Illinois. Um, you know, there's the sunsets yep. are spectacular. And thinking like this is really a new start and like not even two weeks later driving down that same freeway and everything just looked gloomy because it was yeah. like I was still up from the night before yeah. driving yeah. you know doing that drive yeah. um and I'm like how did do we swear on here yeah you can. I'm like I'm like I just almost caught, I caught myself how do I screw this up yeah. how did I screw this up in two weeks yeah you know what I mean um but that's what we do and at this point um, my mother, um, like I said, I'm 24. So my mom started drinking. Um, she started dating somebody that had a bunch of money and was like, I can drink champagne on a yacht. Um, so what's going on kind of like in a inverse relationship, if you will, is my mother is kind of unraveling. And one of like the points of my bottom was going out to Vegas to meet my mother. And again, I had like gathered like 30 days of sobriety. Um, and I was kicked out of the Celine Dion concert <laughs> 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 um, for being intoxicated. I'm actually going back there next month and seeing Lady Gaga. So hopefully, like, all, go, cool. all goes well there. Um, but um, partying hard, and I'll leave it at that, with my own mother. Mm. Um, like, so, like, we went from, like... We went from mom being sober to mom, like, intervening daughter to now, like, we're at it together. together. (laughs) Um, And I actually (laughs) said that I had the flu and stayed in Vegas. I won a bunch of money. I don't know how because I don't remember it. Um, And I stayed in Vegas for, like, an extra week after she left and told my mom I couldn't leave because I was so sick. Which in Vegas by yourself. Um, So like, this is kind of like the way, like just a snapshot of how I did life. Yeah. Um, Wasn't really sustainable. Yeah. No. Did your, did your mom come back and get sober? (laughs) Uh, Did that affect like the two of you? Like, like seeing each other like wasted, like make you like not want to be like, messed up yeah it was definitely one of the low points you know when people are like low points i mean i i subscribe to the belief which is not mine that like your bottom is when you start to stop digging i didn't have a whole lot to lose because i never put a whole lot together so it wasn't like i have this career to lose because Mm -hmm. what career was i able to build you know Mm -hmm. um relationship like what relationships did i really have um, you know, losing money, like what money was I able to accumulate, you know? Right. Um, so it's easy to kind of like glaze that over. But when I look back at it, like that was like one of those times that like still to this day, when I think about like, you can still feel being there. It took me a long time to go back to Las Vegas. Oh, and now right. I go back for like Inman, which is funny. Right. You know, right. <laughs> and everybody's drinking. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we can talk about the real estate industry and drinking. Oh, uh, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what it is. Um, so, <clears throat> So was that the, the catalyst that, that made you go sober? Because you're 24, you went sober. Mm-hmm. With, what's that? How old were you when you finally went sober? 25? It was right before my, so I, my sobriety date's May 15th, 2007. Okay. And my birthday's June 14th. Okay. So it was like so right, be, it was right before my 25th birthday. Okay. Um, so 
call it 24, call it 25. So did you have another like episode after Vegas where like, all right, this is it. Or are you just like, finally, do you want to say, tell us, tell us that one. Or no? and it, it, I'll <laughs> leave that one off the okay. record, okay. but I will say that like, again, it's, you know, like the things we say we'll never do, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I'll never do this. I'll never treat my friends this way. I'll never, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I think normal people, look at those things and don't do them. I think people that are afflicted with alcoholism, addiction, whatever you want to call yeah. it, um, like scratch that one off and then like make a new bottom. That's like, well, I, yeah. I did that one, yeah, but I'm never going to do this one. Right. Um, and like, that's what I'll equate. Like mm -hmm. my process of getting sober, like was just like, you know, scratching like that off right. the list because it was in pen. Right. <laughs> and yeah, then right. Writing, erase it. Yes. Um, and scratching a new one in mm -hmm. there. So, um, we got there and luckily, like I said, I was plugged in to some sober people here and there's like a tremendous um population of young people um that are in recovery here um and they taught me how to have fun and feel normal and do things taught me that I can do the things I can go to Las Vegas if I want to go to Las Vegas you know what right. I mean um I didn't have to you know um like wear bubble wrap right, <laughs> you right. know what I mean um yeah. in life in order to stay sober um you know and there was definitely like a self discovery process involved in that you know people call it the steps um and there were meetings involved in that and um you know that's something that I still practice today did you, so when it comes to like dating and stuff, so did, do you have to find sober people or did you have to find sober people to date or like, how does that work? Um, very carefully. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is a good one. Um, so my ex-husband, I met playing softball. Um, so I was involved in like, you know, mm -hmm. adult softball. Um, and he was not sober, not an alcoholic. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, not sober. Um, and that's my son's father. Um, we were together for the majority of recovery. Um, as you can imagine, there are quite a few sick people that are in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> um, that maybe have other issues, yep. if you will. Yeah. Um, so um, we, we dated for a while. Um, and then Mason came along. My son's 10 now. Um, and I decided that I still wanted to, you know, be part of recovery and do this sobriety thing. And I think there was maybe a difference of opinion in terms of like, Hey, like, haven't you outgrown, you know, that right. like, let's just focus on being a mom because yeah. it's not convenient to like help other people and go to meetings and, you right. know, do these things when you have a newborn, which I kind of have, well, she's 17 months, but yeah. I'm doing it all over again. And yes, mm -hmm. my husband is sober. So yes. Some, gotcha. I think it's really just a matter of preference. Some people prefer to not date other people that are afflicted with the same disease because, like I said, yeah, there's there's usually like we get down to causes and conditions, right? Um, so it wasn't the alcohol for me that was the problem. It was the problems that I was trying to avoid with the alcohol um, that were the problems, right. you know. And a lot of people um, don't want to look at those mm -hmm. um, because they're painful. Uh, right. I mean, who likes to talk about? that kind of stuff, you right. know, um, I'm having like a, a new, a, you know, layer of that in recovery, in sobriety, you know, at 14 mm -hmm. years sober. So do, do you have, do you have to do therapy during this whole time too? Or you, is, 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 is like, 
I don't want to say. Are the meetings it, therapeutic? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, hey. is that all you were doing? or is it people- um, It depends. There are different layers at different yeah. times. Like, I kind of became, what I love about recovery and what I love about, like, self-help, um, and whether it's a book, a therapist, a meeting, mm-hmm. um, a podcast, yeah. is that, like, even still, t- I was just saying this to one of the girls that I sponsor the other day. I'm like, what I love about this is not that like I'm struggling to not drink today. Um, but what I love most is that two years ago, I thought I was the best version of myself, like on a cellular level, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way that I treat people when nobody's looking type yeah. way, right? Yeah. That I could be. Um, and then you fast forward two years and continue to do, whether it's therapy that year, or I've done EMDR therapy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's been a Reiki, I've, I, I've yeah. done all of the things, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, um, and you get to, you fast forward two years and you're like, oh my God, I was a piece of shit two years ago. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. But like, it's not that I did, was doing anything wrong two years ago. It was the best I had. It was mm-hmm. the best. It was the best version of me. Um, and that's what's cool about like the evolution of self is I. It doesn't ever have to stop. I look forward to the version of me that I get to be in two yeah. years. You know, um, and then I go back, and the program has taught me to go back and make amends for the shitty person that I acted like a few times two years ago. Right. You know, <laughs> I saw something the other day that said you know. In, you can invest in Bitcoin, you can invest in mutual funds, you can invest in stocks, and you can invest in real estate, but none of them are more profitable than investing in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You spend all your money on yourself. That's what you should be doing. Make yourself better, then you know, everything else will come to fruition, so to speak. So what, um, did your mom stay in, sh- in Illinois, or did she move out here? Yeah, she was out there, um, and went like even as again we have like the star-crossed path so she at the beginning of her drinking again she was still like more manageable on the outside Mm -hmm. um I got sober um and she kind of devolved and I always say that having my mother in my life the way that she was is both a blessing and a curse right um because on the downside I don't really have a mother in the sense that you would yeah. You know, consider like a mom that you like call to like ask for life advice. Right. On the flip side, she gave me like the best life advice I could have asked for because I saw like my genetics in full motion, you know, because now people like when we sit here, you know, it's a logical question that somebody would come to me and say, your life looks pretty normal. You know, like, do you think it was a phase? You know, do you think maybe like now you've outgrown it? You can have a glass of wine with Ryan after your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of what I witnessed in my mother, I can confidently say like, I don't want to find out, yeah. you know, um, right. I heard somebody else say that um, a long time ago. And I've seen people that have gotten sober as young as 15 and are still not drinking, you know, yeah. because like the life that I've been able to build, build, like you're talking about, like that investment in self internally um, and externally, too. I think you build the internal like you're talking about and mm-hmm. the external follows. Um, I'm not willing to give up, you know, yeah. so like, sure, maybe I could, maybe I could have a couple drinks and nothing would happen, you right. know, um, but maybe I would start on a path of destruction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have you gotten to the point though, where you just enjoy it. You like even you've done it for so long now that you can, you enjoy your day and night and hanging around. Like it's like where you're like watching people have drinks and you're like, I don't really care. 
Oh, yeah. And I think um, what's interesting, especially in real estate, is the reactions that you get from other people about not drinking, you know. Um, Negatively? Just. Or just like, oh. um, Well, I think it's a whole range Mm -hmm. to answer your question. I've seen a little bit of everything. um, But really, it's almost like more uncomfortable for them that I'm not drinking than it is for me that they are, if that makes sense. Because Mm -hmm. this has just been like the way that I do life yeah. for a really long time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and they're like, do you mind, you know, do you mind if I have one of these yeah. while you're here? And I mean, like I'll get a mocktail or a, a diet Coke or an energy drink, depending on like where yeah. I'm at in the day. Totally. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm cool. And when I'm not cool, like when people start getting sloppy, then I'm like, I'm, I, I'm just not interested. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like we're not having any kind of meaningful connection or communication yeah. at this point, And you're not even. Well, that's ugly if you're, yeah. even if you are a drinker mm-hmm. and somebody else is getting sloppy. <laughs> right. right. I'm like, you're it's not going to remember good. that I left anyway. Not good. <laughs> yeah. I know it's funny. Like I have friends that are sober too, but they drink soda water mm-hmm. to make it with the cubes to make it look like they're drinking like a yeah. vodka soda or something like that because they're like, dude, I just don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Like I don't even have the conversation when people asking me why I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm just, mm-hmm. I just pretend that I am. Yeah, but I'm no, really it's not. totally true. That's so been it my makes experience. Easier, more comfortable. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> I need a drink <laughs> of water. Of water, <laughs> just water. So clever, right? <coughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nice recovery. I like that. I can dig it. Um, so, so then, what's the situation with your mom now? Um, my mom passed away, um, in November. Um, she passed away sober. She was two years sober. Um, and I just went in August, um, because of COVID, um, to do like a celebration of life. Her birthday was in August. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting in general to have somebody pass away during this whole crazy thing. That's Mm -hmm. like a whole nother podcast for a whole other day we've got like four to do yeah i know right (laughs) i know i know uh what's really cool is i've gotten to literally gotten to live like at least two different lives maybe four yeah um all in one you know um so i haven't missed much on this trip here yeah (laughs) um you know on both sides of the spectrum (laughs) um but um you know my mom and i i posted this on social media uh my mom and i weren't talking um because she was she was sick, you know, um, and just yesterday I was, I saved this for your podcast. Um, I was talking to my husband because I don't, and we'll bring some real estate in here, you know, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. real, the real estate market is like feeling a little shift. I don't know if you feel it on the mar- mortgage mm-hmm. side of things. And like, yeah, I've bit. just become like, I've worked the addiction part of me comes in and it comes out and work, yeah. um, shopping, working out, um, you know, like yeah. some of the, they're much more so socially acceptable ways yeah. of addiction. Um, and it hit me yesterday because we've been on this trajectory for a while in the real estate market, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, everything's good. We're killing it. Let's celebrate. Let's yep. do this. Like, look Let's at how buy good, more stuff. Yeah. Look how good everybody's <clears throat> doing. Right. And like the numbers are down a little bit right now, which yeah. I haven't seen. It's just been like, we're up, we're up, yeah. we're up. Um, and it hit me like how, um, 
dependent is, is that the right word or like how much I've been getting out of being successful mm-hmm. um in this space and how much of me I've been putting it's into like that yeah, of, yeah um putting into that and I haven't really dealt <clears throat> with this whole issue so I'm bringing it back to my mom I'm answering yeah. your question you know um and I said like this is the difference between me then or me even two years ago and the me today was I called my husband and I was like hey, I just had all of these realizations. Like, you know, my mom died. I have no living parents, if you haven't added that together. You know, like, yep, we're that, in the same boat. that's that's weird sometimes. You know, like, I have a 17-month-old daughter, and I'm like, sometimes we want to go to Vegas. We're going to Inman. I'm going to Inman. And then my husband wants to, so he's like, let's have, like, go mm-hmm. see a show. You know, and I'm like, well, who do we have watch? Yeah. I don't have, like, call mom and watch the baby. Oh, wait, call dad. Oh, wait, can't do that either. Yeah. You know, um, and that's been um, a huge source of motivation for me um, in terms of, like, if I don't pay the bills. Um, now, my husband, he provides. I need to give that yes. caveat. But, like, before when I was a single parent and things like that, um, if I didn't provide, there was no, like, even when mom was around, yeah. there was no mom to call and replace the tire you know what I mean it was mom calling me yeah to replace the tire um and that was our relationship for a really long time so my mom and I to make a long story short didn't speak for a year before she passed away um and it was very she was an unhealthy person but it was sudden the way that she passed away so I had the realization yesterday um that I'm like I probably need to do some therapy because like I just don't really like there's something blocking it. Like I don't yeah. want to deal with it. And August, you know, having her memorial, things like that, it was the start of, you know, like starting to look at that because when somebody dies and they live in another state and you can't go visit them, you can't go to the hospital. Yeah, It's like, well, they've lived in another state for 15 years, Isn't you know, like, like it didn't even happen in a way. Kind of. I mean, I don't want to sound insensitive. Yeah. It was my right. mother, I get it. but <laughs> I think there's a mourning process of like, I'm more than the mother I had because I had a sober mom for the majority of my childhood. And she she was a single working mom with three kids. She provided for us. She did great things for us. There were great memories from childhood. Um, But and there were times where she really came to my aid and rescue. Um, There was a really tumultuous time when I was sober and she was not. Um, And then there was a really ambiguous time um, when she was like, trying to get sober again um but nobody really knew like is she sober is she not sober like that kind of thing where there was a lot of dependency and now I have a kid going on two kids and you know there was one time I remember um my mom got a couple of DUIs and ended up in jail and it was like the week before Christmas and I like was at a different place in my career I had a five-year-old you know he's 10 now and this five years ago six years ago um and my mom called me and wanted me to bail her out of jail (laughs) and I'm like I can either give my son like an amazing Christmas Mm -hmm. or I can bail my mom out of jail and like nobody wants their mom to be in jail um but at that time because she was making such bad decisions in her life my thought process was like a, I'd choose my son, but B, she's got like a warm place to sleep and a meal, you know, like I know yeah. she's safe there for now. Um, but to like my mom, because she was so in her disease at the time, her daughter just wouldn't bail her out of right. jail when right. I could, you know what right. I mean? So there were, right. and, and I mean, I can go into. I think I've heard that <laughs> the version of that story mm-hmm. flip flopped so many different times. Yeah. yeah. Eventually it's, it's like you're, you're going, okay, what's the best thing for them? 
Mm-hmm. Well, you also have stay to there. Like, there's sure self-preservation well. too, right? I mean, you yeah. got yeah. you got to yeah. choose between your kids' Christmas and your mom, but it also takes such a big toll on the the sober person, right? Sure. I mean, it's the point where it's like, okay, this this has been perpetuating for so long with no obvious pivot. So at some point you just kind of have to, you know what? I choose me. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it, it, that, that whole, there's so much talk about it right now. Like, you know, being selfish and take self love and taking care of self. And that's what I probably have to go to a therapist and talk about. That's not for yeah. your conversation, you know, was like, there is guilt there because yeah. like my mom would beg me to come live in my house with me. And I'm like, you're an unhealthy human being. And I have one going on two small children and a marriage that I'm trying to like, yeah. you know, keep happy. Like that's just a disaster waiting right. to happen. Like you can definitely move to Arizona. Like I'll buy your ticket, um, yeah. but you can't live with me. And like, that was the only solution. So that was like a perpetual argument and point of contention with us. And now in hindsight, it, it, no matter how healthy you are, when somebody passes away like that, that was a single mother that gave me, you know, what she could, when she could, yeah. I'd be lying to say that there's not like an underlying guilt for not having done more, yeah, um, for sure. you know, um, but I think we do the best we can right. at the time with the information we had, you know, if I yeah. knew she was going to, you know, escalate and get sicker, yeah. then maybe there was something else I could have done, you know, that's a whole rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Did she die of alcohol related issues? Um, she wasn't healthy. So she had COPD heavy smoker, um, which I've struggled with over the years myself, um, grew up with two smokers. So, um, not today, not today. Um, so, um, she had COPD, she had pulmonary hypertension. Um, so basically her heart and her lungs were going to fail. Um, she was living in a state of state funded assisted living, which was not a very nice place. I Mm -hmm. did go visit her like a year and a half before she passed away. It was, it was not great. Um, and you know, I'm sure I could go investigate further. Um, but Suddenly, you know, we got a call and they said, you know, she needs to be on a ventilator. Her heart and lungs are failing. And about 12 hours later, we got another call, you know. Um, So directly, no. Um, But I don't think that her um, choices, um, you know. She wasn't healthy. Yes, she wasn't healthy as a result of many years of abuse of different substances. Well, I think, I mean, regardless if you were a addict or not, you know, if, if you're away from your parents for a long period of time and they're doing with dealing with their own stuff and it, it, no matter what, it's going to be a difficult struggle once they pass. And if, if, you, if it's not, then you don't have really a, a heart. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're going to, you know, people are going to have to dig into, dig deep into themselves and, and, you know, that's what therapy's for. Yeah. It works. So. No, but I mean, that's like the solution today is like, that's what I called. I'm like, I probably need to go back and do some yeah. therapy stuff around like this whole issue with not having yeah. parents. You know, I'm like, I've been working it away. I've been shopping it away. And mm-hmm. my husband's like, I'm really glad you came to this conclusion on your own. Like, you, you know. have enough shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. And he, yes. Yeah. And the baby has enough clothes. Right. Yeah. She does. She doesn't um, need to wear something new every day. Uh, or like three <laughs> outfits per day. Um, right. Yeah, that's a different. All right. So well, then let's 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 move. Can I ask a rapid fire question. Sure. So, 
Do you have a favorite book or author or a favorite quote or anything that you kind of um, I'm a big Marianne Williamson fan. Um, uh, a Return to Love really changed my view on spirituality. Um, it was the first time that I could like, I'm not a religious person, but it was the first time that I could like grasp like, oh, I can apply these spiritual principles to my life um, and, you know, try to be a good human yeah. um, and try to like forgive people, you know, like there's yeah. a lot of principles like that in there. Um, most recently I really like Glennon Doyle's book untamed. Oh, I love uh, that book so much. Such a good book. Um, I need so to read good. that again. I read that as I was having like, like right before I had Aspen and, I, and you know, I had my daughter April 10th, like right in the eye of total lockdown. Um, and I don't think I would have like been as well mentally with all of that if I hadn't been like actively reading her book. Um, so those are two that come to mind, but like I go through like self-help binges and then I go through times where I don't read at all. And then I go through times where I'll read like three fiction books mm. out of nowhere. It's nice every yeah. once in a while, right? To just yeah. check out and yeah. read a novel. Yeah. It's, I'm, I don't read for pleasure enough cause I'm like you, I'm all about, you know, self-help and business books and all that. And, uh, cracking open just a kind of fluffy piece of fiction oh yeah there was a time where wonders. like i i rapid fired through all like the twilight books and Ugh. loved it yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> um i need another one of like those you know where it's just like good clean we can talk after the show entertainment go for you it. know <laughs> um so um yeah I, I definitely am due and am open to some um fiction reads that's her her gig not mine <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So let's move into, to your title business and, and like how you got into the business and like, like how did this happen? Because you've had a ton of success, obviously. Um, and I want to know about the inspired situation. So I, you started with, um, uh, you didn't start with, with Chicago. Mm -mm. No, um, I, um, work for startups before I got here. So okay. I worked for the same company for nine years, mm -hmm. um, got recruited by another company. I won't go through all the details. Yep. Fast forward very loyal person, like very like, like security, like knowing mm -hmm. where my next paycheck comes from for all the reasons we just talked about at sure. length. Right. Um, and moved to this company. I'm there for nine months. They lay everybody off, walk everybody out on a Friday. Yeah. Um, never, I remember like, that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you've heard of it. And it was like the startup that cannot fail. They came knocking on my door. Mm -hmm. I was like, devastated. I'm a single parent. What do I do? I just need a job. Right. Like, and nobody was giving jobs because everybody that did what I did because I was a sales manager, um, managing inside salespeople, mm -hmm. um, everybody that was a sales manager was looking for a job at the same time. Right. So it was like lines of people I knew <laughs> walking into interviews. Um, so I snatched up a job with a new startup that had just moved here out of San Francisco. Um, jump in with them, build out their office from the ground up, hire um, an, um, another team in the office and get a call while I'm up, I'm literally in the Grand, Grand Canyon saying, we've decided to close your office. Today's your last day, <laughs> even though I was on vacation. Right. And I'm like, so this was like six or nine months later. And I'm like, what in the what? Like I've yeah. been with the same, like same company, long-term made this leap. What? universe 
Yeah. <laughs> what is going on yeah, here? You, you know? burned on that one. Yeah. Um, and again, it was right around Christmas time. So people aren't like actively hiring, but I need a paycheck because I'm a single parent. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm flipping through, I think it was LinkedIn I found it on, um, or they found me. Um, they loved my background and they're like, you'd be great in title and escrow. And I owned a home at the time. I had no idea what title and escrow did was like no idea. I had to like YouTube it. I don't know that I fully still understand. <laughs> yeah. That was actually one of my questions that I f- forgot to ask Ryan Banavac because I think there are a lot of realtors who don't really understand the difference. Uh, between title and escrow? Yeah. Uh, well, escrow um, is what you pay for to manage uh, the temporary bank account that facilitates the transfer of funds to, you know, pay off HOAs, um, pay for home warranties, uh, and, sh- and all, all of the things. Yeah. Make sure your previous loan is paid off, you know, if you're selling a home so that you can get your monies. Um, we give realtors their paychecks. Um, we give um, sellers mm-hmm. their, um, you know, um, funds. Proceeds. Um, so uh, yep. most of the time they're happy with us on that end. Um, and then the title insurance place uh, space is, it's insurance, you know. I, I say that like this, you know, like nobody likes it, but you have to pay for it to make sure that, you know, your home actually belongs to you and the deed is insured. So Right. Okay, um, so it's not it, the sexiest business. Uh, no. I'll, I'll put it out there. Um, but I don't deal with a whole lot of it on my side of it. So I, I mean, I give my escrow officers all of the credit because part of my right. success is because I work with such rock star escrow officers. I think you know them. Yep. Um, they've been around for a long time and they keep my clients happy on the back end, which was, has really been able to like make these compound business effects happen because I was told when you got into the business, there's a certain threshold where like, you can't do more than this much business. Mm -hmm. Like it's just impossible. Your service level is going to go down. Your escrow officers are going to lose business. You know, that kind of thing. People aren't going to be happy with them. Mistakes will happen. You're going to lose business. And hasn't happened yet well the ones you work with though they work a lot (laughs) yeah they do i mean like i said i i i give them they're the real mvps yeah and they're willing to take it you know they're willing to take everything yeah and do all of it and do it well so um so you left that company Mm -hmm. after you well you leave they Mm -hmm. They let you leave. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've never been fired <laughs> yeah. sober, um, but it kind of felt like I was yeah. being fired sober, you know. And I was doing my job; I was doing a good job. My numbers yeah. were good, um, so it was a very awkward place. Um, so I snatched up this job. They were convinced that I'd be like the next title and escrow rock mm. star. They were out of Seattle. Um, they were a tech-based title company, and I literally started in this business, and I say this to the girls that um, have worked for me, um, I literally started with a CRM, and th- it was organized by production, Realtors Production, yep. and we had to cold call them. Yeah. That's And if you've ever cold called Realtors, it, 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 <laughs> is, it is not a good I time, I and I n- had no idea what I was doing yeah. at the same time, you know? Right. Um, so I very quickly pivoted because it was less uh, ego blowing, I guess, to um, DM people yeah. on Facebook Absolutely. And, and, and stalk them. And they see your messages so that they kind of feel more obligated mm-hmm. to respond. So I started like layering that into my approach, not even knowing that there's mm-hmm. like 150 title companies in town and right. other people are teaching people how to do this and any of that. Like I, that's, 
how yeah. I started getting my first appointments. And the funny thing is some of those real estate agents um, that I called when I was brand new are still clients of mine. Yeah. That's how I started too. That's, I mean, that's, I literally started the same way. I, I, I went around and did a bunch of different things that I thought I should be doing. But in the meantime, I would just send messages via you know Facebook mm -hmm. and it seems like it, it, it worked well. And the same thing, I have tons of relationships still from that day. I still do that. Yeah, same. It works. I mean, it works. So, so I have a question. <coughs> so since you have an MBA, mm -hmm. and did you find that what you were just talking about with the DMs just instinctual? Or do you learn like proper ways, like handle digital marketing or social media management? <laughs> I have a marketing degree, um, but I'm going to age myself because it's from, I think it's dated 2004, but I was done in 2003. Okay. So, so pre-Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So there was, sending yeah, there, there was no Facebook. I think letters. AOL. Um, remember what was that? MySpace. Um, there was MySpace, but there was like the classroom that you took college in. Oh. It was like yeah blackboard or uh yes i think it is, is it blackboard, blackboard. yeah mm -hmm. that's like the days that i went to college so like to say like yes i have a marketing degree um but i had to relearn everything i was taught because we were like we literally had a whole segment in college on guerrilla marketing you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. there, it's like totally. a totally different ball game and yes i had um my mba was 2010 um but still so much has changed in 11 years you know um so i kind of i guess intuitively to your point, um, kind of stumbled on it. You know, I, I manage salespeople. So for a long time, I didn't know um, if I was going to be able to sell again because I had been yeah. leading salespeople for a very long time. Um, and But the good news is I never, and I always encourage people to say, my husband, you know, just started managing in sales. And I'm like, the best advice I can give you is never stop selling. Yeah. Um, your people will respect you and follow you regardless if they've been with the company longer, um, you know, um, yeah. and it lent itself uh, very nicely into the title space because as you know, we end up managing mm -hmm. um, like many, many Salespeople, that's what real, realtors yep. are, um, yep. is salespeople. Um, and it just kind of took off. And then I ran into my boss in a real estate office here locally. And I kind of wedged my foot in the door there. He wasn't super happy about it. Um, and started asking me questions, asking me to go to coffee. And I was like, why do you want to go to coffee with me? You're my yeah. competitor. Um, and luckily, you know, I said no to him several times. Um, and eventually, you know, um, we came to an agreement for me to move over to Chicago. I'm coming up on my four years there in October. Um, and that really just gave me a platform in the education mm -hmm. um, to do this job right, um, like all around. But I mean, still, there was a learning curve. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, that's my one obvious um, yeah. area of opportunity is I'm not like a title and escrow pro. I'm just a very seasoned sales and marketing person. Yeah. But your job is, isn't to be that. And I think that it is good to understand, but your job is to find the business so your team can do it in a, in an effective manner mm -hmm. and, and better than everybody else. That's kind of what we say here. It's like, yeah, you know, you have to become the CEO of your business. Yeah. And your job is that now you own the company, so even though you don't, but, and then everybody here, you've, you have really, really, really incredible people that do the job that they're supposed to do, right? To make everybody happy. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm the full, like, understand that you don't need to be an underwriter 
in before you can do a mortgage. Right. right. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not how it works. And realtors, they're they're just salespeople, right? Yeah. They don't. I mean, they have transaction coordinators, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. So, yeah. all right. So moving on from um, that. So you're at Chicago Title, and you're having you're having quick success, or it took a little bit of time. Uh, I, I think it was pretty pretty like pretty quick the, the business that i had it was kind of like dynamite you yeah. know it came together between the escrow team i was paired with who you know yeah um uh the platform that i was given at chicago title as well as like what i had started to develop um on my own mm-hmm. it really you know and the market i can't right. you know Market's um, a big part of it, yeah. yeah the market has been progressively better yeah. year over year so probably two years into my business there i was told like just so you know like this is the threshold like you can't do more business than this like right. you're good your service is going to go down people are going to realtors aren't going to like working with you and i also have to oh well i have a child at home at this point and i'm like i i'm out at broker opens mm-hmm. and everything else all night and i'm like i would like to sometimes like be a parent you yeah know? Um, so I made the decision. I went to Brian, my boss, um, and said, Hey, what do you think about me hiring an assistant? And he said, cool, you can do that. Uh, you have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, <laughs> like, well, um, you know, that's like a, a natural step. I think that a lot of people get to in the real estate business is like, it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of money to, you know, take out of, you know, my family's yep. income and put over here. Um, and what that really did was open up the door for me to do more of what I'm really good at. Uh, and it went so well that, um, that assist, then I was also told, I, so then I was pregnant, I was having a baby. Um, and I was told just so you know, uh, y- when you leave, people are going to leave you. You know, when you go on maternity leave, people are, they're going to go find other title reps because they just have monkey brains. I hope this wasn't Brian telling you this because <laughs> if uh, he's, he needs to check himself. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying just this kidding, is Brian. right. No, and not and not Brian. Um, there are just like some yeah, you know titleisms, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, I was also told that people feel bad and then give you business when you come back. Right. Um, and I don't know if it was COVID, having an assistant in place, what it was, but I took a full 12 week maternity leave and I give my all to my realtors. So I felt it was very important to give mm. my all to that time. COVID definitely like threw me a bone <laughs> because, yeah, you know, yeah. like everybody's hair wasn't on fire. There wasn't, you yeah. know, outward open houses, that kind of thing. So I really got to enjoy that time. And I came back and not only had we not lost business, but the business had grown yeah. and um, we hired somebody else um, to do more work. And as, as I'm growing this, people started, you know, saying to me like, Crystal and company, Crystal and team, Crystal's people, Crystal's girls. And mm-hmm. I, um, I didn't, I, I had be, always been a team person, you know, yeah. um, outside of here, I managed teams of up to 20 salespeople at any given time. And I was real clear that I didn't want it to be all about me. Like, I'm like, what can I build that will enable people to find what they like to do? Um, and want to be part of, but also model what I'm teaching or preaching to realtors, you know, Mm -hmm. um, realtors, when they get to a certain level, what do they do? They build a team. Yeah. They outsource, they build a team. Yeah. They they build a team, you know, they brand themselves, that kind of thing. So, um, I'm very bad at like, Hey, I'm, these are my strengths, you know, like 
what are the attributes that describe you? I'm like, I don't know. So did you hire a branding yeah, agency? Yeah, so I, I hired a branding um, agency and went through that process and they came back with the word inspire, you know? Um, and I was like, that's, that's bold. That's a bold word. <laughs> like, hey, you know like, what I mean? I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that's like kind of arrogant, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and so I was like, hiding it for a little while and uh i showed it to brian thinking brian was gonna say you know it's got to be a chicago title and it's gonna have this and um he was like as long as it has chicago title on it like it looks great like run with it and i was like counting on him to bail me out of like like this is like kind of a you know it was very uncomfortable for me like what will people think of me putting out a brand and a team in the title space. Like, what does that even mean? You know, um, and the innovative. (laughs) Um, yeah, but you know, I still like, I'm aware that I care what other people think about me, you know? Um, so, um, we put it out there and, um, built, you know, an Instagram channel that is solely dedicated to giving realtors examples of like what you should be doing in the social media space. And it's been met with like great approval, um, and feedback. And I hope that it's given, you know, the girls, I I wouldn't want to be part of something that's like, yeah, it's Trisha's. Trish's gig. I'm just here for the party. You know what I right. mean? Like the the girls that work for me and have worked for me um, give a lot of themselves. And I thought. So it was do you imp- still pay for all of them? Mm-hmm. Like out of your own pocket? So uh, the company splits a little bit of it, okay. but yeah. Um, so th- that's something that I think is it, and my clients get the best possible service while I'm able to like take a vacation (laughs) with my family and actually like turn my phone off because you know I anybody that has kids in this industry like I have the kid that's like mom do you think you can be on your phone less this weekend and I you know my heart just breaks into a million pieces and I start looking at Disney World (laughs) 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 so guilt so do so do they just manage like do they have like a certain so you have you know, 30 realtors were just saying, so do you do they split it in half and then they manage like what you've created for them? Or do you still take, you take a third, they take, No, I mean, we're all, um, I set the expectation with my clients when, you know, they decide to become a Chicago title client that like, these are all extensions of the business. And, um, like one individual will manage all of our print projects that we have going on overseeing, you know, the design of postcards and so on and so forth. Um, because, because it was getting to a place before I had hired anybody where I felt bad being in a meeting with a realtor because I was having anxiety because I'm getting these requests and having to make sure that they're getting out. So people don't think it's taking, you know, two weeks to get a postcard done. Um, so we've kind of segmented off what people, you know, like and are good at. Um, and that way it's, you know, go to this place for this, go to this place for this. But if you hear from any of us, you're hearing from all of us kind of thing, you know, and that's the approach that we've taken. And to my knowledge, at least not that I know it's, it it hasn't offended anybody (laughs) yet. Yeah. You know, we have this similar approach. It's the same same way we do it. And depending on what you need. Yeah, because we all deserve that. You know, like, why do we work so hard? You know, um, I I work really hard. And I say that to my son when he says these things to me, because like right now we're starting to get into like our busy season, as you know, you know, September, October, everybody wants to have events and whatnot. And I'm like, you know, these are the times that like facilitate all of the other stuff we like to do throughout the year, Mm -hmm. you know, so I work hard, but I also try to be really intentional and respecting 
like if somebody is off on my team, mm -hmm. unless like the totally. earth is on fire, <laughs> like I don't want them bothered. Yeah. And the same, like not not for me, because I'll work all day. Like I said, I'll I'll avoid myself into oblivion. Um, but my children and family deserve better. Right. Uh, the better version of me. And I think we're all better human beings when we're unplugged mm -hmm. yeah. um, for a period of time. So even on the weekends, I've started to like put my phone on the charger um, for long periods of time and then come back to my phone mm -hmm. and say, sorry, my phone was on the charger, um, which is a true statement. Um, and it also forces me to have it over there, you know, because again, yeah. if it's in front of me, I will just... Let me ask you an, an ignorant question. What would a realtor need you for on a weekend when you don't do the escrows or the title? What would yeah, they what need kind you of for? Like, what kind of emergency would they need? Or is it you just, they just, like, call you because, like, oh, I have an idea. I kind of think maybe I'll do, you know, a postcard for... 14,000 people. Can you help me with that? Or is that sort of stuff? Or <laughs> On a Sunday uh, at 8 I'm not trying to be condescending. I just really don't know. Like, oh, what would it be? Um, I think you would be surprised. Um, I don't know that anybody need. Need is a strong word. Okay. Um, want is a different word. Gotcha. Um, I've gotten just about every request you can get. Um most of the time, and it's the one that I like want to respond to because it actually involves... Um, like all of us getting paid are like net sheets, mm -hmm. you know, and we have an app on our phone, which is available to realtors. Um, but some of them don't download. Gotcha. <laughs> so they want you to tell them what it is. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I, I would say that that's probably maybe 50% of the requests that I get yeah. on weekends. I think because realtors work around the clock, they just like, you know, have their ideas on Saturday and yeah. pick up the phone and call and don't even think about it. Um, I think that there, and again, I, I say to them, I work when you work, um, because there's a perception that I think, um, that's something that I'm very clear on our first meetings with realtors is that title people are like paid a salary and we just have like this unlimited expense budget to pay for things for people, you know, and mm -hmm. like we get some kind of, um, yeah. like kickback for doing free things for them. Um, right. Like I'm very clear with realtors, like we get paid on the same day, you yeah. know? Um, so I am yeah. actively invested in activities that are going to generate you more escrows. Like let's close more escrows. Right. So what We're would you say, way. what would you say is the most, so what, what activity you would do or suggest to an agent where they would actually, where they would get the most activity to close the most escrows? Like, what is it? Um, I would say, and people don't like this answer because everybody wants, I think the magical box of leads from like that yep. you're hiding from them, that yeah. I'm hiding from them. There's this magical box in the mm -hmm. sky, um, that doesn't exist, um, is really to be intentional, um, consistent and engaging on social media because it's free. Um, yeah. like the same way we were talking about mm -hmm. Facebook messaging, you know, like yep. thinking, uh, like taking the time to time block and spend time not only just posting, you know, a lot of people just put, post up, you know, whatever pretty meme that they have seen for the day. Not that I don't do that sometimes, like as filler content, um, but really taking the time to message potential people that are buying or selling a home. Because the truth is everybody is a prospect right now. Mm -hmm. You know, interest rates are low. Um, people need to be educated. Um, so taking the time, a lot of people uh, for years, how long have we been talking about video? 
decade. A long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, I can't tell you how many top producing agents mm-hmm. don't use video as a forum, you know, to communicate with their audience, to educate their audience. I mean, you you, you know this in <coughs> lending. Like, money's never been cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people are still choosing to throw their money out the window and rent. Um, and I feel like that's the realtor's opportunity to capture. So the realtor should, get, should, should go on Instagram and do a story telling everybody that, you know, just the community that rates are low. Why would you not? Yeah. So why would you rent when you can buy? Because it's this much, it's this much cheaper to buy than it would be to rent. Yeah. Do a podcast podcast with you, you know, um, compare rates, compare monthly payments. Um, obviously you want to do that in compliance with your lender, with your lender Mm -hmm. compliantly. Can can I pipe in? (laughs) For people who are super camera averse, right, especially, you know, the younger ones might be a little more prone to want to get in front of the camera, Mm -hmm. more comfortable because they grew up with social media. Um, What advice would you give to somebody who, you know, isn't 27, who's in their late 40s or early 50s, you know, like it's different, right? It definitely is. Um, I was in a meeting with uh, Chelsea Pites, who you guys may follow. Brian's like queen. Yeah, she's the queen of social media. And she was talking about her friend, and I forget, I'm going to botch it, I forget what her name was and what state she lived in, but she was talking about how this woman who is in her 50s, I'm, I watched the TikToks, is now generating like 80% of her business based on her TikTok channels. And let me tell you, they're not like dancing TikToks. Yeah. They're like literally like, let me tell you about this home inspection today. Like, let yeah. me tell you about an appraisal gap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so she's educating. She's educating. Um, and so it, like you choose your style and you stick to it. Like the answer of what social media platform do I use? All of them, if you can, if not pick one and just be really consistent and good at it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still guilty of avoiding video um, by taking videos of other things. And I I give (laughs) I give you the excuse like I'm entitled. Nobody cares Mm -hmm. about title. I need to. But I'll promote my agents videos out here. So, I mean, I'm sure I could do more business with realtors if people got more of like this type of time with me. Right. Um, Let me tell you a funny story that just happened last night. So I've been watching. It's a reel on Instagram. Am I wrong? Right with that? Okay. That's a reel. Uh, but it's a TikTok. So they, you can move a TikTok video, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. This guy, which, it always starts with, with like his son going, hey, dad, what are you making there? He goes, oh, I'm, he makes a drink. So mm-hmm. he's like big, like making these fancy drinks, right? And then then it evolved into like, hey, hey, dad, what are you making there? And he's like, oh, I'm making this sandwich. And I'm going to, it's like super elaborate. If you're making a drink, he's like, you know, he's smoking the glass. And this, uh, finally, like I'm going through this whole thing. And the question was, hey, dad, everybody wants to know what you do for a living. This whole time I thought he was, he owned a bar, a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Big ass house in New Jersey. I do mortgages. I'm a mm-hmm. mortgage banker. I've been a mortgage banker for 35 years. I'm going, oh my God, this whole time. He has like 7 million views on just making a drink. And he just really just, he has mortgages. And he's the only video in the whole, I've watched all of them. It was one time him sitting in front of a desk with like a pen and pad, old school. And he's like, yeah, I do mortgages. I've been doing mortgages for a long time. And da 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 da. But I love it. I thought he worked at a deli. Hokey or anything like that. Not at all, because I. It, they're and great. authentic I'm gonna, I'm and gonna, entertaining. I'm gonna pull. We'll this put it. We'll, we'll put it in the show. Because they're good. All the videos. Have you seen these? 
Yeah. No, I have not. I mean, he is like he is like uh, like master. Meticulous. You know, um, I'm going to be like in uh like TikTok. Yeah. Trance later yeah. today. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want to use the word rabbit hole. Right. Then. Yeah. I feel like exactly. I used it a few times. I was looking for a different one. <laughs> You yeah, said it. That's what it is. I get. That's what I say. Yeah. Oh yeah. He looks. You would hours. think he's either a mixologist or or like a cook owns a restaurant or a deli because mm-hmm. I mean he's, it's just like this. It's it's they're so good, but really just mortgage guy. Anyways, so can I? I we're probably sorry. Got, I'm interrupting. Been, and I know this is the most she's ever talked in, well, in a I podcast. Like by the way, I had I had developed a a, a social media relationship with Crystal mm-hmm. like months and months and months, months ago because yeah. you are so good. You're always on, right? You're very kind. You always comment on our stuff. And so, sorry, Ryan. I feel like I know her, even though I physically <laughs> only like met her for the first time today. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you do with us in terms of like, you know, you and Liz have a relationship and you, sure. you partner with us on sure. you know, I can our Cromford report market updates. And yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, like Ryan started the podcast by saying, I think we, um, you know, it's a delicate balance that we have to have because I wish I could work with one lender. Um, but yeah, you know, we exactly. work in a volume business. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm sure you guys wish maybe you could work with one title company. Um, that's not always the case when you work with different realtors. Like we interact with all different kinds of people. Um, and where I call, um, Liz and the team and VIP a partner is because she provides the type of value, um, that I pride myself on providing to my agents. And when we're able to get together with a mutual realtor, um, really cool things result. Like we have one agent in particular that I've known forever. He was a previous employee of mine. I adore him. Just like rapid fired into real estate is doing great on his own, has a network for days, but like just isn't organized about anything, Mm -hmm. you know, like no social media, like none of that. So uh, Liz and I are working together with that agent to use my systems and VIP systems and do that lead generation to stay in front of, because like the truth is marketing, although I want to give myself all of the credit, um, <laughs> 80% of it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if not more, if, if not more, um, um, but um, 70 to 80% of the realtor's business is going to come from their sphere exactly. and their repeat business. Um, you guys have some amazing tools for that, um, that are not title tools that I'm a huge fan and proponent for. Um, and that coupled with social media, like I said, uh, you asked the number one tool for that. What's the best way for me to stay in front of people that know, like, and trust me anyway? Um, like Trish just said, I met her through yeah. social media and I'll, I'll end with a story there. So a few weeks ago I, I made the push. So again, I, I keep layering, like I want to lead, lead by example. I don't want to tell you to go do um, lifestyle photos and then me never post photos. Right. So I finally like pulled the trigger and got some of this photo, these photos done and made a decision consciously to be like a lot more like authentic instead of just like yeah. have to posts. Right. Um, and uh, I, I love real estate. I really do. Like the, it's been the source of like my family securing yeah. a future so in a couple of, yeah, point, right? yeah. In a couple of different areas. So I shared my individual real estate journey from start to finish. I don't know if you saw this post. That's, I think that that's around the time I reached out to you. Cause I, mm-hmm. I like got a little, like I was moved. It, sure. it was a true story. Um, mm-hmm. and I, even my husband that day was like, 
Um, does everybody need to know all of your business about <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, again, it's like mm-hmm. you say that you own a property and every realtor in town's like, why didn't you use me as your yeah. realtor? You know, um, so um, I shared that and I'm not kidding you. I had three people <laughs> reach out to me. Um, I am not a realtor uh, to ask me about investing in Airbnbs, interest rates, um, and purchasing a home, um, for the, or sell yeah. one was a seller selling a home. Um, you know, and they said, you know, Crystal, I'm reaching out to you instead of a realtor because I trust you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I don't say that to brag on myself. I'm five years into the career and I'm just making this post <laughs> to, right, be fair, right. to be fair. Yeah. Um, so it took some time. Um, but that is, if that's not lead generation, I don't know what it is, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so when I say it, yes, it doesn't sound like this magical tool that, you know, mm-hmm. like you pay, yeah, yeah, yeah. pay some money for and it spits you back some leads. Um, but something so simple like that. And the more authentic I get, the more meaningful the relationships that I have with realtors yeah. are, you know, um, we want to spend the days enjoying the people. Like I could sit here all day. I enjoy you people. I trust you people. Um, so I think that the more real we get on uh, using that platform, the more we're working with people we enjoy. Cause I mean, I'm sure you've worked with leads at one point. How fun are leads to work I with once you have them? We don't want to work with leads. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a lead is yeah. like, one, everybody yeah, wants a, a lead. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody want wants leads. a lead until they have one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's been the thorn in our, in our side. Everybody wants us to, you know, or used to, they want us to pitch in on leads, a lead generation system or of some sort. And, and we we're we're so upside down on those things uh, because they just don't work. Well, yeah, and the realtors have to actually do something with all. Yeah. Those. And guess right. what? After they do do something and they get like someone, they, they send it to us and like we have to be like, oh, hey. And they're like, oh, no, we don't want anything. We just, the guy just gave us your number or gave you our number. So mm-hmm. anyways, uh, yeah. for some people, they work, obviously they do business, but that's not 90% of the realtors don't get their business through that, that way. It's belly that, to belly relationships and all that sort of stuff. So I'll put that specific post in the show notes <clears throat> because that was, that was something that like made me oh. want to reach out to you. Oh, well, thank sure. you. It, it was very uncomfortable for me. Like I don't say it in a braggadocious way. I, it's just one of those things again, where I'm like, everybody's telling me to do this. I don't really need to do this. Nobody cares about me. I work in title, um, you know, yeah. um, and then I do it and I'm like, these people are asking me for real estate advice. Yeah. These are, these are leads. These yeah. are leads people. <laughs> yeah. They're leads. Well, thank you so much. This well, is really you. good. It was a, a lot of good information. I think it went well. Um, and diving so deep into your, your personal stuff is awesome. That's what this is kind of for really. So, but I think that the the education that we got from just the title side and or just to you, how you run your business is just just as uh, important. So, mm-hmm. um, again, thank you so much. Thank you to VIP Mortgage for having us yeah, here. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. You're welcome. So glad to, uh, to finally get you on the show. Yeah. I know it's been we've been talking about it for a minute. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we're trying to book out still. So, but um, thanks, Trey. Appreciate it. He's over there listening and learning. And again, thank you, Trisha, for uh, getting her here and all the things you do. So everybody, please like and subscribe um, to us on YouTube. Push the bell and or whatever, click the bell. Yep. So you will get notified when we uh, release a new podcast episode. And go to our social media, please. 
Um, and like, comment, share, because we need people to grow our community, right? So after this, we're going to need you to do, get out I will of do all of the things. I will do them all. Like, me share sharing a video. Friends. I'm like, I try to like hide the videos. Like people yeah. tag me in ones that I'm in and I'm yeah. like, I'm just not going to share that. But I promise I'll share it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. So again, um, we are a mortgage company here at VIP Mortgage and we're the Crawford team. So please, if you have a refinance or a purchase, <coughs> Excuse me, please contact us, um, contact me either on my cell or via social media because I am accessible there. And obviously, Crystal with Chicago Title, all you people out there, you realtors out there, <laughs> use her for, uh, for Title and Escrow. So, again, thank you so much. Please watch this episode. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. Real Talk is brought to you by Zunami. We all know that we should be doing more videos than we are doing. And one of the hesitations for myself is that I don't feel like I do a very good job filming them. Um, I get nervous about the way they're going to look. And I am pretty sure that most people, people feel the same way as I do. So Zunami is a product that will allow you to film your own videos. And you can send those videos via, uh, via the app that you can download on, on the App Store. And they will make the video look professional because it is done by a professional editing team so you want a header you want a footer you want to just look better in general um, and for the cost it's it's unbelievably inexpensive so if you're looking for video help this is the best way to go about doing it um, especially if you want to film videos on your phone like we all should so it's tsunami with an x and if you want to find them online, it's Zunami with an X dot net. X-U-N-A-M-I dot net. VIP Mortgage Incorporated does business in accordance with the Federal Fair Lending Laws. NMLS ID 145502. For state-specific licensing, please visit www.vip mtginc.com forward slash national hyphen licenses forward slash VIP is not acting on behalf of or at the direction of the FHA HUD or the federal government VIP is an equal housing lender <laughs>